uh, first, the first gospel in the New Testament, first record there. And uh, tonight I, I want to talk about and dwell on this thought about uh, it's Jesus' birthday. And we think about Christmas, we have so many different thoughts about what Christmas is really all about. And so tonight we want to talk about this aspect of what are you giving to Jesus or what are you giving for Jesus at Christmas? And uh, if you're like me, I can remember the days where, uh, and I don't know how you are, I've, I've, I've been around some families where they don't put any presents out until the kids go to bed on Christmas Eve. And then they put them all out. Did you come from a home like that? Anybody? Yeah, a few of you did. And uh, how many of you come from a home where, where, where uh, they just, they're out all the time, the presents are out all the time? And uh, more of you are like, how many of you were one of those people that would sneak through the house and go through mom and dad's closet looking for your presents? Uh-huh. Uh, we're all a bunch of sinners, I guess. <laughs> sinners saved by grace. And you know, I, I remember that uh, it seemed like a while back, I don't know why, but my, my wife, my daughter's here, she might remember the same thing. But you know, I think one of the most important things when it comes to presents are those little itty bitty tags that you put on the presents. Because without the tags, you forget, okay, whose package was that? <laughs> and, and so the, we, we got to the place one time where we started with a, with a marker, we, real small, we would write on it. If we, and I thought, how, how much do those little bitty tags cost? You know, it's, they're like a, a $2 for a whole pack of tags, you know. And, and so, again, it's, I would always look around. <clears throat> and you know what you were always looking for, right? The biggest box, Right? And, and I found out that good things come in small packages sometimes, you know. Now, Brother Flynn, he was probably always under the tree sniffing for chocolate is probably what he was always doing <laughs> at his house. But, you know, it's, it's, you think about this, in all the years, and, and this is the truth, as a, as a kid growing up, I remember seeing all the presents every year under our tree. And I can't ever remember one package ever saying on the tag, to Jesus. I can't ever remember that. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. You know, and, and I love how some Christian families, they, they make a cake for Jesus, because it's his birthday. How many of you do something like that? You know, and it's it, it's fun. It's fun. You have it for breakfast? For breakfast? Oh wow, she has she has Jesus birthday cake for breakfast. You know, hey, listen, as long as you have ice cream, then it's good for breakfast. So, <laughs> so here's here's the passage tonight as we think about this, and we come to this story of of the wise men uh, coming to Jesus, and of course we understand that. They came to Jesus, and, the, and the, as they come to him, the wise men, now again, sometimes we combine or we confuse the stories in the Bible, uh, they did not come to Jesus in the manger. They didn't come upon this scene right here. The Bible actually records that as they came to Jesus, he was in the house, and uh, you know, I, I was doing some studying. I always like to see, I always read the Bible, but I always like to see what 
uh, people, some people, and, and listen, don't take too much stock in what man writes. And I read all kinds of crazy stuff. I was, I, one thing I was reading about was about how the, you know, the song, the 12 days of Christmas. And of course, we heard that song Saturday night and Sunday night. I just never knew that the, the fifth day of Christmas was a, a thing of bolts and, and useless junk. But, but uh, that's what fifth day of Christmas was. But, you know, I, I was reading how somebody was talking about how the, the 12th day represents, it was 12 days uh, before the wise men. And, and, you know, you start to read, there are some far-fetched stories that are out there. Now, we, we know about the decree, right, from Caesar Augustus that all the world was to be taxed. And, of course, you remember, anybody remember when, when he was talking about when Caesar Augustus, when he wanted to know children what age? Two years of age and under. So think about that. You know, it's kind of like when you have, you're going to have a repair person come by your house and, and you say, what time are you going to be here? And you're expecting them to say 10 o'clock, 2, 2 o'clock. And what do they tell you? between 12 and 5, you know, and you got to sit there and wait. Well, when it came to this visit from these wise men, and the Bible uh, identifies them as magi, when, when this visit came, by the way, how many wise men were there? <laughs> we don't know. We always, we always want to say three. Does anybody know why? Because of the gifts, right? And, you know, listen, it could have been a whole lot of gold. Could have taken a couple of them wise men to carry that gold, you know. Uh, but, but it's just funny how we, we kind of get things in our mind, just like, you know, in the garden. Uh, what kind of fruit was Adam and Eve eating? It doesn't say, but we always want to think it's what? An apple. You know, we get, these, we get these things in our mind. Listen, always compare them with the Bible. What does the Bible have to say? And so notice verse number 11 in Matthew chapter number two, uh, 2 here. It says, and when they were come, the wise men, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. And notice what they did. Can you say it? They fell down and did what? And worshiped him. And when they had opened their, what? Treasures. They presented unto him gold and frankincense and myrrh. I love the entire story of Christmas. But I came to this thought is, you know, here they came giving things to Jesus, presenting things to Jesus. If this is really the first opportunity we see of Christmas. Boy, we have come a long way from what God has intended Christmas to be. And the Bible says here they came, they fell down, they worshiped, they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold and frankincense and myrrh. This past week, uh, I had the opportunity to uh, celebrate, and of course I had to do it long distance, my two grandsons, my twins, there they are, Lucas and Ezra. I mean, and if you can't tell, these two boys are sitting on top of the sofa. That's not the seat. The seat's down there. They're up there. I mean, these two boys, they're into everything just like boys would do. And, and, and so it was their birthday. And so, you know, as, 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 as they call me Poppy, so about the only thing I could do was I could FaceTime them. And so we FaceTimed for a little while, and uh, they just kept saying things. I couldn't understand half of what they were saying as, 
They are two years old. They are saying quite a few things, but we FaceTime. I remember not only did I FaceTime them, but, but I actually uh, posted something about them and, and uh, shared some pictures about them and on Instagram. And, and then if that wasn't enough, I sang to them. And boy, it was good. You know? And I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't hold their ears. They think Poppy can sing, you know, unlike the church members. And, and so I, I thought about that. Here's my grandson celebrating their second birthday. And I FaceTimed them. I posted something on Instagram. And I sang to them. And Christmas is Jesus' birthday. I wonder if we have faced timed with him if we've posted on social media something about him if we've sang praises to him see we do it for family members we do it for friends but when it comes to Jesus and I thought to myself maybe you don't think this way but I wonder if you and I, or at least myself, if I'm going to have anything to give to the Lord one day at the judgment seat of Christ. I want to hear from the Lord, well done. And I think it all begins with this attitude, this spirit, and call it the Christmas spirit if you want. But we, it all begins with giving to Him. And I want you to see tonight, first of all here, the example from, from uh, Matthew chapter number 2, the example of the gifts that were given. Now, notice the worth of the gifts. The Bible mentions three gifts that we said earlier. Gold, which is and still is one of the most valuable metals in the world, precious metal. And then you have frankincense and myrrh that really were things taken from plants. A lot of times people would think, well... You know, it comes from a plant. There's no way that a plant could be worth as much as some precious metal. But if you study it out and you understand all the uses of frankincense and myrrh, many people believe that these two were at least as valuable, if not more valuable, than the gold that was presented unto Jesus. You ever get a gift at Christmas time? And it's not a bad gift, but you get a gift and it's just not really something that you wanted. Somebody out of the kindness of their heart, they gave it to you. And so you set it in the house somewhere on the countertop. And then you have an opportunity maybe to go to a relative's house or maybe a Christmas party at work or something like that. And so instead of going out to buy a gift, what do you do with that one that somebody else gave to you? You re-gift it. That's not a piece of junk. But again, you didn't put any thought into it. It's, I need to bring something, and so, hey, here's something right here. Oh, I can just take that. You know, nobody that's there is going to know uh, that, that this was given to me at this place, and so I'm just going to give that. And a lot of times, I think when it comes to how we approach Christmas, we miss the example. They didn't re-gift something when they presented these treasures unto Jesus. These were valuable, precious. 
And not only do we see the worth of the gifts, but we see the willingness of the giving. The Bible records these wise men, they, they make this journey. They didn't just show up and say, well, we need to be, be able to give something to this to this child that is born, and, and you know, I, I love it, and, and I don't know about your home, or maybe your mom, or your dad, or maybe somebody in your family, but do you, have you discovered that some people are much better at gift giving than others? How many of you have discovered that? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you if you're a good gift giver or a bad gift giver, but some people are so thoughtful. You know, I, I, I always get tickled every year, and I, it probably won't happen this year because of all the COVID and all that, but you see those people on the news, and, and they go in with a camera on, on Christmas Eve, about an hour before the stores are closing, those people running through the stores, last minute just grabbing anything so that they could have something to give to people. But that's not the wise men. The wise men, they were thoughtful. They, they thought about uh, who they were going to give this gift to. And, and uh, you know, sometimes we get gifts. You ever get a gift at Christmas time and you get it and you look at it and you're like, why? Why would somebody give me this? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Let me give you some examples, all right? Look at the first one. Uh, here's a wallet, a bacon wallet. Uh, do you notice that that's a teapot? in the shape of a toilet. How about this one? Unicorn meat. Don't even want to know what's in that. You know, look, fruitcake. Anybody in here like fruitcake? I figure there's probably a few that like fruitcake. Brother Gilbert loved fruitcake. I don't know if you can tell those gloves. Those are underwear. Underwear gloves. Seriously? Now, I'm not going to ask because I know Brother Guy probably still has a lava light. But so, so <laughs> how about we got? Okay, oh, look! Fried chicken candy—that's disgusting. Just like that coffee mug in the shape of a toilet. <laughs> it's like seriously. Look at this one. This one got me. Toddler tamers. I don't know if you can read it. It says here: put the weight in weight right here. Simply fill with water, sand, or syrup says, no more dreaded glares from using toddler leashes. So you put these on your kids to weigh them down so they can't go anywhere. And I'm like, seriously, people give stuff like this at Christmas time. And, and I think to myself, sometimes you get gifts and you're like, why in the world? The wise men did not go to the dollar store when they went to see Jesus. They thought through the gift. They, they didn't just go to Amazon and click on something thinking that maybe a drone would get it there quicker, you know. And they were very thoughtful about this. They, they made this long journey. And here's the thought is, there was no stores along the way. You know what that means? They carried their treasures. And again, I, I can't really say, I mean, just like Jesus' age, I mean, many people believe that when they came into the house, Jesus was, because of the days of purification, Jesus was somewhere between 40 days old and two years of age, somewhere in there. And again, you can kind of, there's some things you can kind of look at as far as how long the wise men travel. Some people estimate it may have been close to a year 
that they were traveling as they came into the house here. But one thing that I see is, is that they carried these gifts, and these were gifts that they presented to the Lord. If you notice here in, in Matthew's record in chapter number 1, the last verse in chapter number 1, the Bible says, And knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. And chapter 2, the very first verse says, Now when Jesus was born... In Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? So these gifts that they brought, listen, unlike these toddler tamers, these gifts were purposeful. They thought about these. These gifts were intentional. Why? Because they knew, look what it says, they said, Where is he? that is born, they knew that they were going to see a king. So they didn't bring toddler tamers. They brought treasures that were fit for a king. And I think about many, even Christians today, when it comes to Christmas, are our treasures that we present to him fit for a king? Because they, they presented these gifts and, and Jesus, in their minds, in their hearts, he was royalty. He needed attention, especially to be worshipped. And that, that's what the Bible says. When they saw him, they fell down and they worshipped him. See, they presented the gifts after they had prepared the gifts. The word here, where it says they presented unto him, the word presented means they brought them to him. Here's, here's the thought is, They reached out with their hands willingly, generously. They gave these gifts to the Lord. It reminded me of the passage in John chapter 12. Look at the verse there in verse 3 where the Bible says, Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly. Notice the words there. She took it and what did she do? She poured it out. She anointed the feet. She wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. See, when I think about Christmas and thinking about what can we give to Jesus or for Jesus this Christmas, I think about the example of the gifts that were given, the worth of them, and I think of the willingness of them to give those gifts. But then notice what is the expectation for us as we think about giving to Jesus. I mean, Should we give gifts to Jesus? I think the answer to that is pretty simple. I see the the wise men, how that they gave. Now, some would say, well, he's God. He has everything. Some people are even kind of facetious. They They would say something like this, God has everything and I have nothing. Folks, I think every one of us know we're blessed. God's been good to us. When I think about this, I, uh, I, that's been our, my wife and I, we've had this conversation maybe a couple times already this year. Every year, my wife says these words, what am I going to get my dad for Christmas? You have anybody like that in your family? What am I going to get so-and-so? And it's not necessarily that they have everything, but you want to get, she, she wants to get something that, her dad would like, something that her dad would enjoy, something that 
that maybe he would want to have. And it, 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 the thought crossed my mind is this, is when you think of the expectation for us, what do you think the Lord would want from us this Christmas? I mean, if we're going to give him gifts, I think it's fair to say, what would the Lord want from us? And here's three things that I think the Lord wants from us this Christmas. Here's the first one is, I think the Lord wants us to be willing to bear reproach. How many of you are a Christian? Should be every hand here tonight if you know the Lord. And you know, if you're going to live for the Lord, you're going to understand every day of your life that there are things that come along with being a Christian, a child of God. The Bible says here in Hebrews 13 and verse number 12, look at it with me. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, he suffered without the gate, let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his what? His reproach. You remember how there were times where, especially when Jesus was on trial, of course, not for anything he had ever done because he was sinless, but you remember how there were people that saw his disciples and they tried to connect, you're one of his followers, you're one of his disciples. You ever had somebody, maybe, maybe you have it in your life, anybody ever come up to you and say, you're a Christian. Sometimes you, you think to yourself, what does a Christian look like? But I mean, you think about being a child of God, being a Christian. Christian is a term that honestly, we find it in the Bible, but it's a term today that really associates with, with those who believe in Christ. But this would also include, of course, a variety of religious groups who have many views that differ from the Word of God. Some things you don't even find in the Word of God, but they call themselves Christians. And when they, when they in the Bible, when they, it says here in, in the book of Acts that they were first called Christians in Antioch. Now, what you have to understand about that, because there are other places in the book of Acts where the Bible says they were people of this way and people of that way. Well, what is the Bible saying? They're talking about the way of Christ. Remember what Jesus said in John 14? I am the way. So people who were followers, people who have identified with the Lord, they were first called Christians in Antioch. Now, do you know why they called them Christians? It wasn't because they liked them. They called them Christians because they hated Christ. You ever thought about that? It was actually a name of derision. It was a negative thing. It was a, wasn't a positive thing. They were calling them little Christ. See, now, by the way, if somebody asked me, uh, you know, do you go to church? Yes, I do. And I'll, I'll tell people I'm a Christian. Why? Because I identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. But even the very term, and I, I don't have time to get into it tonight, but even the very term Baptist is not something we labeled ourselves with. If you study the trail of blood, 
you'll find that people who have held the same beliefs that we hold to today that come from the very words of God. It was the doctrine that the Lord Jesus gave to his disciples that the Bible identifies as the apostles' doctrine. There were those people that have always believed, and there were people that hated them, just like people that hated those believers in Jesus in the the city of Antioch. The Bible says here that they began to mock them. And one way that people do that is, anybody ever called you a name? By the way, if somebody calls me a Christian, I count that an honor. You know, somebody asked me, what church do you go to? I go to a Baptist church. I'm a Baptist by conviction. My convictions come from the Word of God. So as we look at this this matter of what does God expect from us when it comes to being Christmas and giving to the Lord, one of the things I believe that the Lord wants from us is He wants us to be willing to bear reproach. See, when you think about people today, those who, like you and I, that believe the Bible is true, if we believe the Word of God is true, we will be reproached. The Lord says, I want you to bear the reproach. Hey, folks, don't be embarrassed to be associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. People are going to say what they want, but when it comes to being Bible-believing Christians, guess what? We're going to call Jesus Lord. That's what a believer does. And I think about this young couple in the Bible that God used, Joseph and Mary. Remember what happened? Mary was found with child. And we understand that that the Holy, Holy Spirit came upon her. She was overshadowed. We understand that this was a supernatural act of God, that a virgin would conceive and that she would bring that she would have a son and they would call his name Jesus. But think about this, how she was pregnant out of wedlock. Do you think there was some reproach there? Do you think some people whispered behind Mary and Joseph? Think people mocked them, made fun of them? Can I help you tonight that when people are calling you names and people are putting you down for what you believe to be true from the Word of God, just remember, it's not about you, it's about Him. And I think one thing that we ought to, one of the expectations of the Lord when it comes to not only Christmas, but being a Christian, is the Lord wants us to be willing to bear reproach. The Bible says here in in, in John 8, and by the way, Jesus himself, not only Mary and Joseph, but as Jesus, of course, grew older and he began what we call his earthly ministry, the Bible says how, how he was always under attack. And, and listen, that stigma that was there with Mary and Joseph, it stayed with Jesus the older he got. Look at the verse here in John 8, 41. They, the Bible says, then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. You know what they were really saying about Jesus? That he was illegitimate. There are people today, listen to me, churches, who say that Jesus' brother is Satan. Show me in the Bible. You know, there were people that, the Pharisees and others, that believed Jesus was in league with the devil. 
And we see here that the reproach is there. Jesus was willing to deal with that. They made fun of him. They considered him illegitimate. And I think about you and I as Christians, we too should be willing to bear his reproach. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. You know what one thing that the Lord wants from us, he expects from us, is he wants us to be willing to bear reproach. Look at the second thing that the Lord wants. He wants us to be witnesses of his revelation. Now, what is, what is Christmas? God came down to us, Emmanuel. You know, that. listen, there is going to come a day where the Lord's going to come back, his second coming. But listen, as Jesus came, they, these wise men said, where is he that was born king of the Jews? I mean, this was the revelation of God, the birth of Christ. What was it accompanied by? A testimony, by witnesses. Look what it says in Luke 2 and verse 15. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. You know what they did? They went everywhere telling everyone what they had seen, what was told unto them. Hey, folks, look, you have the entire Bible in your hands, and God's given you his word. He's preserved it unto our generation. And what does God want us to do? What does God expect us to do? What does God command us to do? That we are to be witnesses unto him, to share the message of Christmas and the message of Christ. Consider his exhortation. The Bible says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Bible says in Luke 24, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things. Go tell people what God has done for you. Go tell the world that Jesus saves. Go tell it on the mountains and shout it from the housetops. The Bible says in Acts 1.8, ye shall receive power. We don't have to do it in our own strength and in our own flesh. The Bible says the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God says go everywhere. God, the Lord Jesus, wants us to tell people about him. See, God wants us to be witnesses. I'm going to have one of our men come and read something that, that he shared with some of our, our men. Brother Renee, why don't you go ahead and come, and, and I want him to share something. This was a blessing to me, and some of the men also said, so I want you to listen to this, thinking about how the Lord wants us to share him with others.
Thank you. I appreciate that, Renee. You think about what is Christmas? I mean, if there ever was a time that we should tell more people and tell more about Jesus, but yet it's a time that honestly we tell less about him. And we need to make sure that we are being witnesses of his revelation. Everyone should know that you and I know Jesus and that you and I love Jesus for what he's done for us. See, the Lord has expectations for us at Christmas. What can we bring to him? What can we give to him? Well, certainly the Lord wants us to be willing to bear the reproach. He wants us to be willing to be witnesses of his revelation. And then notice also, he wants us to worship him in reverence. You see that word there, reverence. There's a great little definition that I love to just think about. What is reverence? It's fear mingled with respect and esteem. Reverence is fear mingled with with respect and esteem. You know, that's the problem with the world today. There's no fear of God. There's no respect of God. People come before the Lord in a casual way. When What do you see in the Bible? Taking off shoes because of the ground you're standing on. Do you know that the Bible says we can come boldly before the throne of grace? Do you know that when you come before God, where is God? He's seated on his throne. He is holy, holy, holy. And yet there is no reverence of God. Look at this verse, Psalm 111, verse 9. The Bible says, He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. Do you know that's the only time you find that word in the Bible? And it's associated with the name of God. It's one of the names of God. Years ago, I had someone that they were trying to be kind and they were a dear friend. I was in a different part of the country and maybe it was just the custom there. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you come from this type of a background. But he bought me a very nice Bible, still have it. He even had my name engraved on the front of it. But what he engraved on the front of that Bible, and I never said a word to him. When I opened the box, it said, Reverend Keeley. I never told him. But there's no one reverend but God. Now, if I were to show you that Bible, I took a black Sharpie marker and I colored over the word reverend. I still use that Bible. I like that Bible. But this very word here, reverend, is the name of God. God wants us to revere him. What did the wise men do? They fell down and worshiped him. Only God is worthy of our worship. When you think about this matter of being reverenced, reverencing God, somebody said it's an inward attitude that expresses itself in an outward action. 
something that starts in our heart. Like, like Moses as he was instructing the people and he was trying to help them as far as in their homes and how to raise their children. By the way, this is a good lesson for us that have children or maybe grandchildren where the Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. Folks, that's the only way to love God. To reverence God is to love him with all of our hearts and all of our soul and all of our strength. And the thought tonight is, what are you going to give Jesus this Christmas? Because I can tell you this tonight, that there's some things that the Lord wants. He expects from us. He expects us to bear his reproach. He expects us to be witnesses of his revelation. And he expects us to worship him as those wise men did in reverence. See, we all, a lot of us have Christmas lists. And we've got the list that we've gone through, the gifts I, I need to make sure I got a gift for my wife and gift for my children and gifts for my grandchildren and on and on and on. But these wise men, listen, they purposefully planned out these gifts that they gave to Jesus. And when they saw him, what did they do? They opened up those treasures and they presented them to him. Somebody put it this way. They said, when, what can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. What can you give the Lord this year? Give him your heart. You see, when you give the Lord your heart, everything else will follow. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. I thank you for Christmas, what this season, this time of year represents. Lord, those that are listening by way of live stream tonight and those that are here, Lord, may we truly understand the significance behind these gifts the heart with which they were given. But as our King, as Lord of our lives, there are things you expect of us. We heard one of our brothers read, and really, Lord, just piercing our hearts, how there are so many that still do not know you. Christmas time is a time as these wise men, they, they left there, they left different than they came. Others came, and as they left, they made known abroad the saying that was told unto them. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, give us boldness to be a witness for you and of you so that others can come to know what Christmas is really all about, that God came down to us so that one day we could go up to him and spend all of eternity with him. Thank you again, Lord, for coming and be willing to give your life so that we can have eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.